When outdoors you can never roam, a video game is there at home. Remember this rhyme from the time of the Black Plague? Still true today. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. This week, we're talking about what to play in a pandemic, from online party games to role-playing games that let you escape. We close out with one more thing each on Puppies, The Last of Us Part Two, and The Wire. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Shire. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And here we are, again. Here we are. <laughs> Once again. Yes, we're making, a, we're making a podcast. Again. Thank you to everybody for listening to our pilot episode, the the, the the support and the the audience reaction has been wonderful overwhelming in a good way it has yes it's been very cool to hear from people and we are very excited to be doing something new on maximum fun so we are a maximum fun podcast now maximum fun is a listener supported network that means that you can join become a member and depending on which tier you sign up for you get some cool rewards you get bonus episodes from us and uh, you get the the good feeling of supporting us you can do that at maximumfun.org/join Though the thing is right now, I would say the number one thing you can do to support us is tell people about this show. Mm. It's very exciting to be launching a new thing, even though we've been doing this for a long time and we were Kotaku split screen for so long. This is a new thing. It's got a new name. We are all using pseudonyms and uh, recording under <laughs> false identities. So, um, and that's going to be really exciting. It's also really hard for people to find us, though. Like it is. It's why <laughs> we need true. your help. Right. That's why we need your help. Anyways, if you know anybody who might like like this show, people who like games, people looking for a new games podcast, and everybody's sort of stuck inside. People who don't like games, but you want to get them to like games. Ah, yes, yes. yes. That's also, that's our target audience, really. So we kind of hinted at this a little bit last week, but, um, so it's been a meme on Kotaku Split Screen between the three of us for a long time that, like, anytime we play something and enjoy it, we're like, we should do a spoiler cast on that. We should do a spoiler cast on that. Um, Sometimes we do them. Here's some good news. We will be doing a lot more spoiler casts, so here's what we are going to do. If you are a member of Max Fun, you will get access to a bonus spoiler cast that we're going to do about once a month, monthly spoiler cast, from Triple Click. So you subscribe to Triple Click, you will get a monthly spoiler cast. It will just appear in your bonus Max Fun feed. And that's alongside a bunch of other Max Fun bonus episodes as well from other Max Fun shows. And you will just get more of us, more of the three of us playing stuff and talking <laughs> yes. about stuff. And so what we're going to do is every time, every pretty much every month uh, thereabouts, we're going to tell you all, this is what our next spoiler cast is going to be about. It might be a video game, it might be a TV show, it might be a book, who knows? It could be about anything. And so that, therefore, you can get to know that thing, play that thing, read that thing, watch that thing, whatever, mm-hmm. in advance of the spoiler cast and, and listen to us, spoil it, and be entertained along with us. So... Can I throw something in here really quick that I just Please. I want to get this into the lexicon for Triple Click as we go? I tweeted about this a few days ago, but one of my nieces, who is nine years old, uh-huh. instead of saying spoiler, she says spill the beans. Mm-hmm. So she'll oh, say that she's reading Harry she's reading Harry Potter right now, and she'll say, "Well, I don't I, don't spill the beans. Like, don't tell me what happens." <laughs> and I propose that we call instead of spoiling, we should start calling things spilling the beans. Spill the beans cast, <laughs> right? A beans cast. Bean um, cast. Bean cast. Yeah. I liked beans talk. Okay. <laughs> kind of works on multiple levels she also calls someone who spoils things is a spiller so you don't want to be a spiller unless you're recording some beans talk so Um, i just wanted to throw that out there i like that and so okay so the other piece of exciting news here is that our very first triple click spoiler cast which again you will be able to get to if you are a member of max fun is going to be about 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I finished. Surprise, surprise. You two are playing through. Um, I believe yes. we are going to run this in mid-May, maybe even mm-hmm. towards the, en- at the end of May. At some point. Kirk and I have to beat it. Mid to late That's May, true. because you two still game. have to finish it. So still, so yeah. expect that in mid to late May. And that also gives all of you listeners out there time to finish the game in time for our spoiler cast or Spill the Beans cast. Beans talk. And if you listen to that spoiler cast, or even if you don't, you can always contact us and let us know yes. what you think about Final Fantasy. Seven remake or anything else, and there are a couple ways you can do that. You can add us on Twitter at Triple Click Pod, and we also have an email address, which is tripleclick at maximumfun.org. And we've already gotten so many awesome emails from people who liked <laughs> yeah, the pilot man. and are sharing their gaming know-how and stories about not knowing various gaming terms. And we love to read listener mail on this show and talk about it, which we did in the pilot. So yes, it's yes. definitely worth sending Set us a good an email precedent. if that's something you're interested in. Also, topic also, change. Hmm. <laughs> I have a small announcement, which is that I no longer work at Kotaku.com. <laughs> wow. I have left. I don't work there anymore. You are between jobs at the moment. I will announce a job at a future time. So you could follow me on Twitter for that, I guess. Or, you know, just keep listening to the show. Yeah, congrats to Maddie. Now we are all officially Kotaku uh, (laughs) expatriates. That's Um, right. None of us work there anymore. Now we can we can talk about Jim Spanfeller all we want. Um, Yeah, but but we don't want to. So we we can actually just move on. But we have no interest. (laughs) We're gonna talk about video games instead. All right, moving on. Let's talk about some video games, shall we? So every week in our first segment of the show, we are going to um, we're going to come up with some fun names for different segments that we're going to do. This segment is called Hot Topic and. This segment, Hot Topic, is essentially the three of us discuss a topic that everybody's talking about, something we find interesting that we think is worth discussing. And this week's... Should we make, like, a riff? Should there be a riff where it's, like, Hot Topic? I'll come up with something. Yeah, if you want to make that riff, please do. I think you should make different riffs for each of the different segments we come up with over time. So this week's Mm -hmm. hot topic is video games to play during a pandemic. This is something that I know a lot of people have been wondering. The more this drags on, people are just like, God, what should I play right now? How should I connect with people with video games? How should I escape from life with video games? Well, hey, we are going to give you a whole bunch of recommendations and games to play um yeah so why don't i start with a suggestion that i know is a popular one these days because it's the best way to connect with friends um i have been playing pretty much every single week i've been playing the jackbox party pack and i know you two are both familiar with that as well essentially it's a collection of like party games that you play with your friends usually you play them in person but you can also Mm -hmm. share a screen with google hangouts and it's really easy to get that set up and and play online with people which is what i've been doing Um, um, uh, one of the interesting points of conversation that I think here is which are the best Jackbox game? Yeah. And always, I will, I will offer a couple of my favorites. My okay. favorite, my number one favorite is Quiplash. And that is essentially, it's you're given prompts and two, and two people have to come up with a different answer for each prompt. It might be like, uh, the worst thing to find in your refrigerator. And two people have to come up with different answers and then everybody else votes on the best one and then it keeps track of all your points. And by the end, whoever has the most points mm-hmm. wins. Um, just because if, if you have the right group of friends to play that with, like a group of funny-minded people, it can get absurd and amazing and hilarious and, and sometimes... Uh, 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 sick, sometimes twisted in some, uh, <laughs> in some funny ways. 
yeah. depending on your group, depending on your group of friends. So that that has been a personal favorite of mine. But I've also grown partial to Joke Boat. I don't know if you guys have played that one. This I one, it's one of the newer no. ones. What is Joke Boat? So this one, so this is it's kind of similar. It's got this fun structure where so the way it works is at the very beginning everybody comes up with a list of like words and it's like an animal, dog, like a brand, Oreos, whatever. Uh, tons of different words. It can be inside jokes too, which generally makes it work even better. And then mm-hmm. each player has to come up with um, take that word and like a setup that is provided by the game. Like, what's the deal with Oreos? And then <laughs> the player has to write a punchline for that. And then there's the performance performance stage where the player has to actually read the joke. So oh, I would have to okay. say like, what's the deal with Oreos? Nobody likes the cream inside of them. Um, and and it would and then it's a good joke. It's pretty solid. You could work <laughs> on it a little bit, but could, yeah, be a little punchy. And then you compete against someone else, and you compete against someone else, and head to head people. Vote. In terms of the joke or the delivery or both of those. No, things. you both. Like so I read my joke, and then you read your joke, and your joke is right. completely different. And then yeah. we see who votes, who likes which one better, right? Right. And then God, it's, so it's sort of like quiplash, and that people are just voting. And, and which one is funny which one they like yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And so one of the cool things about Joke Boat is that because you're reading it out loud, you can actually win games just based on your performance alone. Like, even if the joke isn't that I good, like that. if you have a good enough performance, <laughs> like, you can sell people to your side, like, if you make them laugh with the way you say it. So anyway, those are two of my favorites. I'm curious to hear, Kirk and Maddie, <laughs> Maddie, why, Maddie, why don't you go first, like, what your favorite Jackbox games sure. are? Sure. I really like Quiplash. I, I will actually say there's a Jackbox game I don't think is good, so I okay. want to warn people off of it because there are so many. I have a few of those too, yeah. So I don't remember what it's called, but there's an art gallery Jackbox game where you pretend to be, everybody's an artist and you can draw stuff on your phone or whatever you're using, but it's so difficult to do. And I feel like usually Jackbox games are really good and like it's easy to be funny in that context, but like drawing Mm -hmm. a joke painting just for some reason doesn't result in funny stuff because a lot of people can't draw anyway. I think it's called Bidiots is the game. Yes. And (laughs) and the way that the game works is they give you a lot of very similar prompts for things to draw. So like everybody will be drawing something that's on fire or everybody will be drawing a beach. And then all of the, the ways that you match them up are also similar so you're like looking at a bunch of really badly drawn art and you're trying to figure out which art matches with which absurd prompt and it's just it's the worst like it's funny but not because it's supposed to be that sounds like a worse version of drawful yeah or or there are a lot of games where you draw stuff and this one is just not good so definitely skip that one i really like quiplash i think i'm gonna try joke boat the next time i have a jackbox yeah it's fun so that's in jackbox the six number six the most recent one um Mm, okay yeah i haven't played that one that one also has a new version of trivia murder house um which is also fun I is like it still cool. like the murder the murder setup? Yeah, but it's in it's in a Ooh. hotel instead of a basement this time. So I don't love the murder vibe of that one for some reason. So it's funny because that is basically just classic You Don't Know Jack, which was like yeah, the original it's Jackbox the trivia game. trivia is what's fun. Yeah. Right. It's just the setup and like the voice filter is very different. So I really like Fibbage. I like Fibbage 3 because that has, is it actually Cookie Masterson or is it just a guy who sounds like the original host of You Don't Know Jack? But he's doing yes. the whole smarmy guy, like talk, I'm the, I'm the, 
game show host guy, and it has yeah. a whole kind of groovy 70s vibe, which is the main reason that I like Fibbage 3. Like, I like Fibbage because, so, the way Fibbage works is you get a trivia question, and then everybody makes up the answer, yes. and you try to fool people into guessing your answer. It's kind of like the board game Balderdash, if you ever mm. played that. I think that I was that the game. one. Oh my god, I haven't thought yeah. about that game in years. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a, it's a great, that's a great game. I think Balderdash is the reverse, where, like, they give you what the thing is, and you make up the word for it. Yeah, they give you a word and you... I prefer Balderdash's Gate. <laughs> I like Balderdash's Gate, too. That's where they really got the story down in. In Balderdash, they give you a word and everybody has to invent a definition right. for the right. word. And so you it's have to come opposite. up with the most plausible definition mm-hmm. and trick people into voting on it. My family would play that game all the time. I wonder if that like says something about me, that that was the Hamilton family's number one game. <laughs> anyway, I like Fibbage, but I like it in part just because the presentation is great. It has all these 70s, like they look just like stock photos yeah, from the 1970s and that great kind of art deco (laughs) orange lines everywhere and stuff and the music is really cool and Mm -hmm. i like the presentation more than on trivia murder party even though i really like the The overall vibe of you don't know jack to answer your question by the way fibbage is hosted by cookie masterson it is cookie that's what i thought he's like i'm cookie masterson here and i'm like cookie i love you man been playing (laughs) your games for like 30 years or something crazy yeah that company jellyvision they're fascinating because they've just been doing this for years and years and years i think they're in chicago yeah, they're really cool. Doing a good job. It's they did uh, the translation to this to make it a phone game and make it or make it work with phones oh, yeah. is the smartest. Yes. One of the smartest game design ideas that kind of goes unsung. It's like the most immediate party game it's too amazing. like in ways yeah. that Mario Kart and Mario Party yep. never could be like you can mm-hmm. get all the people who are intimidated yep. by games on board because everyone yeah. has a phone it's it's so incredible great. yeah and you don't have to press buttons you don't have to think yeah. about controllers yeah or anything it's like amazing that. it's nice to see them getting their due I feel like I've felt this way for a few years where the first time I played one I think it was at some big event I was like this is brilliant what why isn't everyone talking about this all the time and it's because it's just one of those things now that's, they are right now, and now they all finally are now they're having their moment exactly yeah. Yeah. so I like I like Fibbage. I do like TKO, which is the drawing game, because you have to design t-shirts. Ooh, yep. See, that sounds better. And it works a little like Joke Boat, how you're describing it. It's one of those, you make a thing and I make a thing, and then we have to combine our two things into some sort of a joke and make it work, which is yeah. a funny way of working. Like, you'll draw a t-shirt design, or you just draw random things is how every round begins. It's like, just draw stuff. And you draw, like, five things. And it usually devolves into dicks <laughs> like, halfway through, <laughs> or depending on how many drinks people have had. But you can just draw funny faces and then you write catchphrases separate mm-hmm. from the drawings and then you just have to assign from a small group of catchphrases to the drawing so the drawing will right. just be you know like a weird yeah. face and it'll say like shit and then like that's the sh- <laughs> and then it's just that's a t-shirt <laughs> i think the the winner of tko when we played it last week was a dick with dicks for hands and dicks for feet yeah cool. that's that's usually where it winds up which i guess is maybe Maybe a knock against the game, but that's also just people <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what I didn't, what, what I actually don't like about TKO is that it's not really a chance. Like you don't. So if if you draw the funniest drawing, someone else yeah. gets the credit for that. And like if you come mm. up with the funniest catchphrase, right. someone else gets the credit for that because someone else is mastering the two. So that's a little frustrating. Right. It's more like the appeal of it for me is the like seeing how random not exactly random, but kind of randomly selected things can just result in something hilarious, mm-hmm. which is just funny. It's kind of a good um, way to break up a night of Jackbox games is mm-hmm. to play a round of TKO. Mm-hmm. And I think you can get the t-shirts. Can you like order? I think yes, you can you order can a t-shirt yeah, of your stupid t-shirt and they'll send it to you, yeah. which is good. I do want to say, to, to point out one that I don't like also is Survive the Internet. Have you played that yeah, one? I've, yeah, not great. It's, it's, what it, happens? Partly because I hate the internet. <laughs> <laughs> partly because none of us are surviving. 
it's yeah. supposed to be the host is supposed to be this like nerd in the 90s and it's like a weird like yeah. uncomfortable vibe well but what's the game so you just navigate you... twitter.com or kind of it's like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of internet stuff so I, you have oh. to so essentially yeah you have to like come up with a a, a hashtag for someone else that like oh, will embarrass no. them it's it's yeah. weird. hate it it's yeah. weird no. it's not great um, but yeah. but I will so just in general like Jackbox I think is just the perfect like game for right now because oh, it'll yeah. let you connect with people who like like it's it's a better more comfortable uh, uh, like game to play than just like hanging out with your friends in a Zoom call yeah. if you're the type of person who like likes doing stuff with your mm-hmm. friends as opposed to just like sitting around and talking and you can do it across ages like yes. a lot of people I know are Families. playing it with their parents it's right. like their weekly parent hang they're playing Jackbox games and that seems like it's going really well yes. I don't know yes. I love yes. that. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention, and then I'll throw it to you guys for some thoughts on games to play during a pandemic, is Ring Fit Adventure, which I have been... I know this is super, super hard to get these days, yeah. so it almost feels like a bad recommendation. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm you just, haven't? So you're just bragging about the fact that <laughs> yeah, you own what? Ring Fit Adventure? Well, I got it a few months before the pandemic. Like coveted Whatever, man. man. I've been looking for a copy I'm of that. I'm just going to say shout out to that game. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought it up. I feel bad no, that people can't actually get it. All the listeners, like everybody is just like, fuck this podcast. I'm over. Yeah, sorry, yeah everybody's sorry. Turn, turning over. it off and they're deleting the episode yeah. and they're clicking on subscribe come back um, people. but it actually has a lot of it has a lot of issues as a game I, like one of the biggest issues yeah. is oh that, does like, it you're, <laughs> issue I, oh, you're making me copy. feel so much better <laughs> i gotta say well if it does make you feel better like one of the problems is that you'll be like doing an exercise and like you know how it works right it's like this rpg where you, you yeah, do all yeah. these exercises squats and and arm arm shoulder mm-hmm. presses and you whatnot. run in place um, and you run in place yeah. and you run into monsters and you kill the monsters using your abilities this is like going to the gym I mean, it's it's just yeah, the standard yeah. stuff. Yeah, you kill monsters <laughs> using your abilities. We've exactly. all done it. Of course. One of the problems is that when you do an exercise and like the monster runs out of health in the middle, it just cuts you off. So it's like, oh, w- I'm trying to get fit. I'm trying to do oh. all these squats, and it's oh, like one squat and the monster's like... dead, and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. You have to like find another monster. Yeah. And be like, yeah. well, I got to keep fighting more monsters. No, but yeah, it's good. It's weird. good. It's good. Um, what about you guys, Maddie? Any thoughts on like games? That well, I don't have Ring Fit Adventure, so I've just had to settle for going for walks <laughs> and playing Pokemon Go, which to me is the exciting workout game that it was always intended to be. And I've talked I've talked to you guys about Pokemon Go before. Yes, There's yes. really not that much to it, but I have been pretty excited that a lot of my friends are getting back into Pokemon Go because mm. it means I can send and receive gifts from them in the game again. <laughs> and also everybody I know is going for tragic, lonely walks and their masks so like <laughs> you may as well catch some pokemon while you're out there mm-hmm. folks uh-huh. i've also given up on the harry potter game because there was there was also a niantic game that was based on harry oh, potter yeah, I and remember for when you were time, never quite got the traction that it that never got the it. traction and i was super into it and then jk rowling made all those turfy tweets and i just was mm, like i think oh, i'm gonna yeah. go back to pokemon go for a bit just to like check mm-hmm. it out and you know what you just can't be catching them all. You really mm-hmm. can't, it turns out. <laughs> it's still thrilling after all these years, and I'm enjoying it. They've also changed the game a little bit so that you don't have to walk around. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. As much to get the rewards, and they have a bunch of free upgrades in the shop now pretty often, mm-hmm. and like they still do community day events where like certain Pokemon appear outside, and so they motivate you to go out, but you don't have to just do stuff at Pokestops and gyms so you can stay away from people and still get cool Got rewards. It. I'm really digging that part of it. It. And since I'm going on a lot of walks to prevent myself from going completely insane, I am enjoying Pokemon nice. Go again. Nice. <laughs> nice. 
Kirk, any thoughts on pandemic games? Oh, I have so many thoughts. So I've been playing a fair amount of games, not a crazy amount, only because it's been really busy the last few weeks. If you, you know, you, you may or may not <laughs> know that we launched a new podcast and there's been a lot. And of... you got a puppy. And so that's taking <laughs> that's up true. a lot of time. That's true. I'm going to talk about that in our second segment. But that is actually kind of does take up a lot of time. Yeah, it wasn't really a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. It is a big, a big time commitment. So I've been playing Final Fantasy VII and... I've been finding, so first off on the Animal Crossing tip, I think it's been Mm. interesting to watch the evolution of Animal Crossing as er quarantine game over the Mm -hmm. last couple of weeks, just since it (laughs) launched right at the beginning of all of this. It's been with us throughout it. Yeah, there was the Animal Crossing mania where like everybody was playing it and living in it for a few Mm -hmm. weeks. Which is still somewhat true, though obviously people have cooled on the game and you do reach a point where like, if you're going to run out of things to do, you're going to run out of things to do, and then you're kind of yep. done. So mm-hmm. I've been playing let – me get, let me give a little bit of my Animal Crossing story first, I guess. So I started playing the game, was not able to keep up with people. I was, like, outpaced so quickly by people mm-hmm. online that I just stopped caring. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, now I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to go at my own speed. A big thing for me has been that – so Emily and I are, are quarantined together. So my partner Emily live together. And um, she started playing the game too. So now it's something that we share. And that to me is kind of like what you were saying about the Jackbox games, uh, Jason, is mm-hmm. kind of, it's a crucial part of one type of quarantine game is the game that you can share with somebody. I think there's also the game that you can play by yourself and we'll and probably talk about those in a minute. Yeah. Yes. But, um, but having this game that we share together, that's like a little place that you sort of just take care of. I saw someone refer to this as friending, friend and tend. Is this like style of game? I think that's what it was. Bing! Kirk from the future here. As I edit this episode, I just wanted to interject that the term is tend and befriend. It is indeed a social psychology term and it is often used as a counterpart to fight or flight. Okay, back to the episode. It was a term I, like I hadn't that. used that I think is like a social psychology term, but how this type of game is like, it's just about building relationships and tending to like things. And that's what mm-hmm. this game is. It's like so much just maintenance and like slowly developing your town and sharing that with someone has been really, really cool and actually kind of nice because there's a lot of like busy work in Animal Crossing. And there are totally times where Emily will be like, oh yeah, I just played for an hour while I was sitting out here while you were doing something else. And I like took care of all of this stuff and like, you know, dug up a whole <laughs> bunch of fossils and like yeah. went and visited an island and, and I harvested all the That's fruit so from funny. the fruit trees. It's like you're tending a garden together at your yeah. apartment, except it's Animal Crossing. <laughs> right. And we're not playing, like we're playing on the one account, like just on my game. She doesn't have a ah. Switch or her own account, though she could. Ooh is the first player you uh yeah it's me so it's just my character so i guess we could like almost change the character back and forth between us if we wanted because you can just i don't know if you can i've heard some complaints about how the second player gets the shaft and oh sorry yeah i meant we could like redesign the character to look like either of us (laughs) yeah no (laughs) i know there's some account stuff that's a little weird but it's worked to really just be like whatever the nights it would be nice if we could go sit on the like the, the bench that we set up looking out over the harbor together, which yeah. is like a cute thing to do in Animal Crossing. And right yeah. now we just sit on the couch together while the character on screen goes and does that, <laughs> which isn't quite the same thing. Yep. But um, anyways, I have reached the end of the game. So I saw the credits, which is like you get K.K. Slider to come to a concert in your town. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't mean to spill the beans. But that's what, <laughs> that's what I don't mean to be a spiller. <laughs> that's the thing you're working towards. Yeah, K.K. Slider showing up. There's your spilling the beans stock. 
uh, yep. stock yeah. market. There's some some way to fund <laughs> oh, yeah. all of these Actually, things there's together. There's already stock puns in that game. Like, That's true. We can right connect there. this. There's a triple Animal Crossing bean spilling bean stock stock market pun that I think has just slightly eluded us. People can pretend that we made the best version of that joke. Anyways, yeah. I got there. And after that, that's when you get like the ability to like redesign the island and start to build roads and do terraforming, which is really fun because it doesn't cost you anything to do that. And that's where your island starts to look really sweet. It doesn't cost you anything? No, you can just make them with Man, your phone. I gotta pick this game back up. It's worth getting to that point, I would say. It's not that hard. And like, once you're there... Can you bulldoze people's homes to build your own roads? You can move their Is homes. Is eminent domain? In you can't bulldoze. <laughs> it's not SimCity. The you homes just, cannot uh, be created or destroyed. They must right. always functionally so, exist. And they can though you can, like, I had one guy named Sherb, who's kind of a herb. I call him Sherb the Herb. Mm-hmm. He was like one of my early... I thought we weren't going to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Different herb, different herb. There's more than one herb in the world. Um, he was one of my first neighbors when I was kind of just like, I don't know, I'll take whoever. And there comes mm-hmm. a point in this game where you become more discerning about who you let move to your island. Uh-huh. Like when you meet someone and you're like, oh, okay, like Gladys, she seems kind of like a crazy old dame. She's going to be a great neighbor. She can, this ostrich can move and you know, she looks really cool. Or like this like punk rock uh, rhino with pink face paint. I can't remember her name. She like rules. I was like, you can move in. But at the beginning I was like, whatever, Sherb, you seem fine. And Sherb's kind of, I feel bad because Sherb's kind of just like, quiet not cool like, enough to hack it yeah, on no, Kirk's I know. It's island like, exactly like on uh, the, the coolness of my island anyway Sherb left and so now there's an empty plot you can move the houses but you can't bulldoze them and I think there might be a way to like get people to leave but I haven't done that that's probably that seems there mean. are a that lot seems... of ways you can try to right, but right, there's some right. randomness involved there mm-hmm so anyway, that game is cool. It's been fun watching the sort of just charting the course. Sorry about the baby cries. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally fine. Life in quarantine. Leave them in. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kirk, do you have other recommendations? I want to kind of fire off a few recommendations that I Yeah, I think my least. main thing has been, since I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, I think that it's nice to have a game that's a shared casual thing that you share with people to go along with something bigger and the mm-hmm. only other thing that I wanted to mention was I've I mentioned this before on Kotaku Split Screen but never on Triple Click is that I have a board game night that obviously yeah. can't meet and we've been meeting every week to play a game called Lords of Waterdeep which is a D&D board game that's a pretty complicated board game but you can play it via Steam and it's been fun. We just get in like a Discord chat and we all sit and we play together like it's a board game. But what's cool about that game is you can actually play it asynchronously. So you could just have a game going with your friends. And once it's your turn, your phone just tells you you can play it on your phone. Nice. And cool. I think that, yeah. Well, that isn't the, ex- the experience of like Zooming with your friends to hang right. out. No, of and course. It's more of a, it's a different thing. It's like on right. the spectrum of all the way from playing by yourself to playing with people. It's a little closer to playing by yourself. But you can still be kind of connecting and texting about the game as you go. Right. Right. And I would yeah, think, while I haven't played an asynchronous game um, during quarantine, that could actually be really nice because it's mm. a little easier to do and you're still kind of connecting with people in a lower yeah, key let's way. Let's do it. Let's play. Let's okay. Yeah, let's play. all three play an That'd asynchronous game. Right. Why not? Um, I'm getting so, pretty good at Lords of Waterdeep, so I'm into it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't even know how to play so it. So I think if anyone if anyone out there just like wants a big meaty RPG, basically the opposite of what we've been talking about to just like sink into during quarantine, yeah. some off-the-cuff off the, off the cuff suggestions. Um, well, not off-the-cuff, but things that I randomly found. Some well-prepared suggestions. Some written-down suggestions. <laughs> that I've been thinking about for weeks. Um, Persona 5 <laughs> Royal, which is awesome. I've been plugging away at that for 
for a couple of months now, I think, or at least a few weeks now. Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we will talk about. That is definitely a game you should play if you listen to Triple Click, because we will be doing a fun yes. spoiler cast on it. The official Final Fantasy yeah. VII Remake podcast. Divinity <laughs> Original Sin 2, which is just yes. one of those games that I know a lot of people have been like, like get it, want to get around to when they have time. I think this it's, is a good time. it's like the wire of people's video <laughs> game choices, sure. I think. Or I sure. hope, because I a lot of people have been watching The Wire finally, and I want a lot of people to play Divinity Original Sin 2, because it's yes. like the greatest game ever. I do have a couple right. of friends who were like, oh, I played that on your recommendation. And, oh my God, it's so good. Like, thanks for mm-hmm. recommending that. So highly recommend that. And then Disco Elysium, which is another game we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Just a fantastic, oh, yeah. like, meaty single Finally player RPG. Finally out for Mac. Cool. Yeah, Mac. that's right. Um, consoles also or not it yet? It's coming to consoles uh, later, but it's not out yet. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think it's out yet. I'm just yeah. excited it's out for Mac. I re- I had to stream that game yep. to my Mac laptop the so same that thing. I can play it in <laughs> yes. bed, which is yes. the only way it should be played. Well, now, it's like now a good you can book. play it on your on your oh, Mac. I kind of want to replay it. <laughs> I know. And that's actually Disco Elysium is a type of game that I would recommend to people even if they haven't played a lot of games because it's very accessible. Like you have to once you understand how to do a few things, it's really just pointing and clicking and reading. So mm-hmm. that's a game you can show to yeah, your it's... significant other who hasn't played a lot of games or something like that. Yeah, it's like reading a book. Mm-hmm. With and then one there. random one for the JRPG nuts out there is of course Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky and dive into that whole saga. If you really have a lot of time mm-hmm. on your hands, you can really just jump into right. all of those games and you will enjoy yourself. Um, yes, yeah. for many, many, many hours. <laughs> any other any other thoughts from you guys on games to play during a pandemic or games not to play during sure. a pandemic? Sure. Do you guys want to hear a story about something stupid I did related to Final Fantasy VII? Yes. You know you I do. Mean, I always yes. want to hear stories about stupid things people did, so yes. Of course. Of course. So I had the brilliant idea that I could start replaying the original Final Fantasy VII at the same time that I'm playing Remake because I like fa- Final Fantasy VII now sure. and I don't know who I am anymore and I've accepted <laughs> it. I'm a JRPG fan now. Jason Schreier's dreams are coming true. So I went ahead and I got it. But what was stupid about this was that my friend, who I've mentioned on this show a few times, who hadn't played the original Final Fantasy VII, he's replaying it. He's playing it now, the original game, after beating Remake and realizing it ends on a cliffhanger. He's playing the original game. And he bought it for his iPhone. And he's been posting screenshots and just being like, oh, yeah, I'm playing this on my phone. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I should just do this. I should just get this game on my phone because (laughs) then I can play the game wherever I go. You know what I'm not doing right now? I'm not going anywhere at all. And yet, I stupidly bought Final Fantasy VII right. on my phone for $50. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a good port. It's actually quite fun to play on my phone. It looks great. I have a new iPhone. It looks wonderful. I don't nice. really regret it. And if I were still leaving the house as often as I used to, I'd be really glad I had Final Fantasy VII on my phone. <laughs> But I'm not leaving the house. So this was really dumb. And I have now played the first two hours of the original Final Fantasy VII on my phone. And I truly think I'm going to buy it for my Switch. I'm going to buy the game, I guess, a fourth time in my life just so that I can play it again. Anyway. I mean, now you're really a JRPG fan because most JRPG fans have bought yeah, you these own games all the You so own the times. correct number of... FF7 I think copies. everybody should play the original Final Fantasy VII. No one should do what I did. No one should buy <laughs> it on their it phone. Just get it on one system. Is, get, it, is fine. get it on a system that you can sit down and play in your house that you are currently trapped in because oh, you man. deserve to watch it on a TV. Like, what... It, what <laughs> So dumb, so dumb. I'm now. I'm even more excited for. I'm even more excited for the spoiler cast because you'll be able to talk about your experiences, like playing through the original. Yeah, because I and how far I've you've played. 
yeah, I've played the first two hours of the original and I'm already up to the point where I was when I was 20 hours into remake. And so I'm just like, yeah, I see what Jason means about how short Midgar is. Well, it's is so it, what's weird. it like? Just give us a, a quick synopsis of like what, it, what right. the experience has been like, like first playing. Uh, sure, 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 sure. I, I will talk about it more on the spoiler cast, but I guess I will say I'm really gratified that remake sticks with the versions of Tifa and Cloud and Aerith that I always imagined they could be because the original <laughs> right, game right. leaves so much to be like sort of imagined by mm-hmm. by the player like there's it's a lot of subtlety for yeah. better or worse and it's kind of a crappy translation which is how so many people played that game and managed to come away with a very different conception of cloud than i ever had as cloud being like a really cool guy whereas in remake he's so awkward and like his ptsd is emphasized so much more mm-hmm. and as being like a part of his character his facial expressions all of that i've talked about that before and that's what i think is so great about the remake is that they really nailed those things and playing the original you can see this seeds of that Mm -hmm. but it's so sparse in comparison that it's like kind of funny at the same time because you're like wow that's nice like you can take the versions of them that you've now seen and kind of superimpose them over the older versions and you can put them back onto the original game again that makes sense it's like it's all coming full circle okay we'll (laughs) we'll talk way more about this stuff we'll talk way more about this stuff in this podcast let's take a break and then we'll be back with one more thing Hey, Jake Heath. Hey, Helen. I hear you have a true-false quiz you want me to finish. I do. Here we begin. We host a trivia game show podcast on the Max Fun Network called Go Fact Yourself. True. Correct. The show is all about celebrity guests answering trivia questions about things Jake Heath enjoys. False. We sometimes don't talk about baseball or cats. Thank God. It's questions about things they enjoy. Next, we bring on surprise experts every episode. True. Correct. Final question. It's just the two of us sitting alone with these guests. False. Correct. We have a live audience at the Angel City Brewery. See? You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month. And if you don't listen, you can go fact yourself. True. Hey, podcast fan. We have a quick favor to ask. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So if you have a couple moments to spare, go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short, anonymous survey that won't take any more than 10 minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on our merch at the MaxFun store. MaxFun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. The survey will help keep the few ads we do run relevant and interesting for you. Again, that's MaximumFun.org slash ad survey, all one word. And thanks for your help. And we are back. Kirk, Maddie, it is now time for one more thing. One Just more a quick thing. reminder. <laughs> one more thing is a segment of the show where we all bring up, we each bring up a, a topic of discussion. It could be anything. could be a game we're playing. could be a news story we saw and found interesting. could be a TV show we are watching. It could be a conversation topic. It could be anything. Kirk, yeah. It could be your... The Wire three times over and over again. <laughs> no, that was the old show. Kirk, what is your one more thing? My one more thing is... Basically, a, a thought that I had while I was falling asleep one night. So I guess I'm. It's a thought. It's a thought I had. Some Kirk dream analysis. <laughs> so okay, here's my one more thing, and I'm I'm curious what you both think of this idea. So uh, we have a puppy. We have gotten a puppy. Her name is Appa. She's a golden retriever puppy. She is now like ten weeks old. She's growing 
a huge amount every day. She is already wow. much, much larger than she was. She's going to be a big girl. Um, and Clifford, the big red dog situation in Kirk's yeah, house right now. She's going to be Appa. She is going to be a flying sky bison. She will be a very, a very big creature. We love her to death. It's been incredible. Um, she's actually currently at puppy daycare or like a puppy play thing because there's this whole thing. All right, I'm going to tell you my thought, but I want to tell you, talk a little bit about puppies first. Sorry. Uh, but there's a whole thing with puppies where they need to be socialized. Uh-huh. And um, Appa was actually the only puppy in her litter. She was a rescue. Ooh. And so like her mom wasn't in great shape. And so she didn't have litter mates, which if the puppy doesn't have litter mates, it doesn't get to know other dogs and it can be a problem. And because we're all under quarantine, so it's like really hard to like get her to meet other yeah. dogs. You have to wait for vaccines. There's a whole thing. We've been like following this training regimen where now we can take her to these puppy like play sessions and you go and other people bring their puppies too because a lot of people are like getting puppies right now because everyone's trapped yeah. at home and it's kind of a good time. And to they want to like... socialize those puppies. Right. So... so they all play together. So it's like the best thing ever. It's just like a room <laughs> with a bunch of puppies and there are trainers there and they keep track of all the dogs and you know, there's a little bit of training, but mostly just getting used to other dogs and like learning how to play with other dogs. So that's what she's doing Aww. right now. It's it's adorable. She's adorable. Um, anyways, so here's the thought I had that relates to video games. I swear this relates to video games. It and that is, <laughs> if you have ever had a puppy in your house, you have to puppy proof your house, and it is quite an undertaking. You have to like the dog will just chew on everything. Like the thing that I've learned is nothing is safe. You have to like cover up every electrical wire. You have to get everything off the floor. The dog will also grow so quickly <laughs> that things that were safe a week ago suddenly won't be. And it's incredible how fast she goes for the one thing that we don't want her to go for or like that we were hoping she wouldn't notice. It's like you look up and there she is on that friggin' electrical cable like chewing on it on the wall. And I see it's where you're going with think, this. You see where I'm going with this? Because so it's made me think about playtesters and how this feels like having my house play tested. Because <laughs> if you're a game designer, right, you build a level, you build the thing, you make it kind of work, you get a working prototype, and then you mm-hmm. send it to the testers and their whole job is to just run around the perimeter being a puppy, basically like chewing at every wall, like trying to get through every crevice, like trying to get everywhere. And it's felt so much to me like that. I just I can't get it out of my head like the parallel so good and so it's good. really really funny this would be such a good kotaku post in another lifetime it would be it would be <laughs> unfortunately it's just a one more thing entry but it also has made me think and this is something that jason you'll be learning about in uh, not too long but in the in the not too distant future yeah we're already talking about baby proofing so right yes. yeah. one then like right so toddler proofing is so similar and i wonder if this is something that game developers who have kids have ever thought about? I guess if you're a game developer with kids and you have ever made this comparison, or I guess if you've ever had a puppy and you've made this comparison, you should write in, write write to us at uh, tripleclick at maximumfun.org and tell us about it. Very good bed thought. Yeah, I like that. We should have a separate segment called Kirk's Bed Thoughts. Kirk's Bed <laughs> Things I Think is. Actually, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's a bad idea for a segment for a few reasons. Depends on what they are. If they're yeah. all puppy related, it seems pretty PG. Right now they are. Well, mostly because the puppy is the thing that is keeping me from sleeping. <laughs> so when I'm lying there and she's like, let me out of my crate. And we're like, no, dude, it's for your own good. Um, and then, um, you know, I'm usually thinking about puppy related things. Anyways, I have a whole new sympathy for game designers, for anyone who's had their game destroyed by some playtester <laughs> who discovered that, oh, like, turns out if you go underneath the fence, you can get out into the street and then everybody has a heart attack and freaks out. <laughs> Very good. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Maddie, what's your one more thing? Okay, so speaking of spilling the beans, I have a pretty spill the beans themed one more thing this week, which is that 
a heck of a lot of beans were spilled about a video game that all of us are interested in mm-hmm. called The Last of Us Part Two, which is a sequel to the 2013 sad dad game, The Last of Us. <laughs> which we will not spoil because I, I don't even know the spoilers. Except in, I won't spoil the original game and I won't right. spoil Last of Us Part Two. I did look at the spoilers, but I will not say anything about them at all. However, I do want to talk about the circumstances of these sure, stories okay. because they have been a cause for a lot of tweets, including tweets by our very own Jason Trier that I won't make him analyze on this show unless he wants to. <laughs> so here's what happened. Um, so all of these uh, cutscenes and just scenes from the game were leaked on YouTube this past weekend, and it depicts a bunch of twists in the game, like significant gameplay twists. And we don't know if all of these twists happen in the game, but the footage looks pretty good, and it seems pretty likely mm-hmm. that they were actually part of the game at one time. And some news outlets are reporting rumors that these spoilers were leaked by a Naughty Dog employee who was disgruntled about the crunch at this company, which is Wasn't something that in that the YouTube description, if I remember correctly? On. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that anyone's actually verified that that's true, but it it is what a lot of folks have reported. And I know I have no personal reporting on this. I can't verify it at all. But that's supposedly what happened. My thought on this. <laughs> let's see if I regret having a take on this, guys. Let's let's find out what my Twitter mentions look like in a few give it, weeks. Give it to us. Give, give us your take. Here's my thought. So this is anecdotal, just an anecdotal opinion that I have on whistleblowers. A lot of, or people who do things like this, like a a person who is a disgruntled employee who does something to hurt their company. A lot of times, the first person to do something like this at a company is someone who usually does something along these lines that's kind of irritating. And like, you look at it and you're like, oh, but you posted all these videos, but that's actually going to hurt your colleagues. And you, maybe you did this because you wanted to help them. But you did it in an annoying way. And a lot of times, just anecdotally as a reporter, when I hear stories about other people who are whistleblowers at companies, Mm -hmm. usually that person is also described as annoying or like brash (laughs) or loud or like making mistakes at work, always complaining. Like this is these are usually Mm -hmm. the traits of the whistleblower type that you hear about. But also usually there are other people at the job who on some level agree with whatever those annoying complaints are, even if they approach them more reasonably later. Hmm. And those people eventually come forward with a more reasonable form of protest. And then that can lead to substantive change. And that can be a really good thing. So even though if this person was a disgruntled employee and they leaked all these videos as a form of protest, I think that's shitty to their colleagues. And who knows what this person is truly like or if they even exist. But I will say I think that was shitty. But... I do hope that it leads to something good. I don't know whether or not it will, but I'm sure Mm. there are other more reasonable people at Naughty Dog who will look at this and be like, okay, well, this sucks, but for better or worse, now more people are talking about crunch at Naughty Dog. Is there something we can do after this game ships? Those of us who actually want to do something about it. That's Mm. my hope for this. And... That was how I felt when I saw this. I think that was that was a pretty nuanced take, honestly. I, I thought that was well. I thought about it. <laughs> I was expecting something something more brash and spicy, but that was that was pretty well thought. Yeah, through. when you when you preface that with like, oh, I'm ready for my take, my controversy. Well, because people have really this is a really tough one. I mean, you guys have seen the tweets about it. Like, there's a lot of black and white thinking out there, or or people will try to post a nuanced tweet and people will not interpret it as such because it's tough. I mean, Hello, it's like join the club. I see Jason laughing. 
laughing ruefully in the well. In the Zoom it's call. tough to talk about. Yeah, well, it it's so fr- it's been frustrating. So the thing that I tweeted, I essentially tweeted that this person um, was no matter what they were upset about, they were ultimately hurting their colleagues by this. And the reason that I right. tweeted that, and the reason I've been so frustrated with the responses to that tweet. Well, first of all, the reason I tweeted it. Well, first of all, even before <laughs> the, any the of reason that, you tweeted it is because you're using Twitter, which is your first mistake. <laughs> Let me preface this by saying I've actually come to be more and more skeptical that this was actually a Naughty Dog employee. So I very much regret a tweet that kind of presumed that. And that's mm-hmm. kind of that's what happens when I'm off work, like in between baby <laughs> duty, like just checking something on Twitter and reacting to something based on what I see on Twitter. Don't tweet, man. Don't. So that in <laughs> itself, like the fact that I gave a platform to something that may not be true, that I very mm-hmm. much regret. So yeah. pr- with that preface in mind, let's say that we're operating under the premise that this is true. The reason that I tweeted that was because I texted some people and messaged some people who work for Naughty Dog and was like, hey, what's the deal? These happen to be the people who spoke to me for my large article about Naughty Dog's crunch culture a month ago. Those mm-hmm. people who were mad enough at the company to have sent me, have have talked to me about, like, for a story about this, also said to me, hey, this is, like, brutal. This is devastating. This really fucking sucks because yeah. one of the things that gets us through all all of those nights and weekends at the office over the years is knowing that we're making something we're proud of and like wanting to see players really experience that and just have that moment for that for for them and like that's that makes it like helps make it worth it in our minds and helps us mm-hmm. get through this and i know there's some people out there who will say oh my god stockholm syndrome or like how dare you you're being exploited like how can you not recognize that but like again this is not this is like to to not see the nuance here is just doing yourself a disservice to be so so like stubborn in your mindset that you can't see that someone who's feeling pain is actually feeling pain is just like doing everybody a disservice um and I think that a lot of people willfully misinterpreted what I said as like as if I was defending nobody Naughty Dog willfully management. misinterprets things on Twitter. I don't know where you're getting that. <laughs> Man, it's it's frustrating because it it felt like I mean it was it was a frustrating situation because it just felt like a, a a lot of people were not willing to see that hey maybe something maybe if something that even if it is a form of protest against some legitimate problems and it's like mm-hmm. a, a worthy action it is also doing a lot of collateral damage and you could certainly argue that there have been that the history of labor relations and unions and protesting is filled with examples of actions that also do damage to people but sometimes you do have to individual action individual action that is not like a union or collective or an organized action that is one rogue person who ultimately i'm very skeptical of any idea that this will lead to any change even if it is a protester i don't think it is at this point like i kind of feel like it was a hacker or something like that that seems more likely to me but I don't think this would do any have any substantial change in any sort of way in a way that that organizing and collectively bargaining would and obviously easier said than done but just like taking this sort of individualized action like hurting your co-workers and not just management it just has this ring of shittiness to, to me and I mean I think a lot of people who are reacting to this on Twitter reacting to this on Twitter are not people who actually have talked to any of the people who are at Naughty Dog and seen how they feel about this because trust me there's not a lot of like celebrating stick it to the man even from some of the people who were the angriest at Naughty Dog and I talked to some people who were really fucking angry at that company. Um, they are not happy that this happened. So, I mean, mm-hmm. make of that what you will. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd much rather see an employee leak something like, 
unfair emails from corporate, for example. Like there's Hell some yeah. other documentation you could leak of a job that's salaries, going badly. Salary salaries. There's all kinds of stuff. I am not against leaks at all. And I'm <laughs> yep, not no. against whistleblowers or disgruntled employees. There are a lot of actions you can do even before you get to the unionization stage that put a spotlight on it. And I guess I'm glad that at least now people are talking about crunch again at Naughty Dog. That's like the only silver lining I have for this, even if I think this particular action didn't work the way it could have. I think that some other stuff could have been leaked that might have worked a lot better and been a more popular move for people who want to be on the side of something mm-hmm. like unionization. And that's a shame. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, I have I have one thought on this that is just related to the fact that there are now spoilers for The Last of Us 2 out in the world. Uh, I know what they are. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Yeah, that you I've thought about looking them up. Well, um, Okay, but I didn't like The Last of Us, so I wanted to know what the spoilers were because I was curious what would happen in this second game because I'll play it. So my thought on this really is just that I remember when the original Last of Us was coming out, for whatever reason, this series like is really a spoilery thing because when the first Last of Us came out, there were so many fake spoilers out that I wrote an article for Kotaku at the time. And the headline was like, that last of a spoiler that you read might not be real because I had played the game because I reviewed it for Kotaku. So I'd played it before everybody else. I knew how it ended. And we're not spoiling The Last of Us here, but I will say that it ends in, a, in an actually surprising way where everybody was predicting like the usual things you would predict. Oh, like Ellie becomes a zombie and she kills Joel or like Joel has to kill Ellie or Ellie has to kill Why Joel. Why are you spoiling the game? All um, of that happens. Like all these things that really <laughs> definitely happen. And instead, the ending is actually like much more subtle and interesting. And mm-hmm. then I kept seeing people like in the comments of like articles and stuff like you know the trolls who drop spoilers of and they course. would say something they'd be like yeah right like Ellie is actually an alien and she blows up the whole planet <laughs> and then people would be like oh fuck I got spoiled they'd be like look out man there's someone dropping spoilers in the comments of your article and I would go look and it would be somebody saying shit that's totally not true so wow. I think like the existence of spoilers in the world for this very anticipated game creates a weird environment where now some people do know spoilers, but there's also the fake spoilers. But into- are they real? Though? Right. I, the footage is definitely real. I'll I'll say that. Right. Like I've verified that at least. All right. All right. Well, no more no more beanstalk. <laughs> no more beanstalk on triple click. Jason, I want to hear. I want to hear what your thing Let is. Let me do my one more thing. My one more thing is The Wire, which yes! I have what? finished. <laughs> We've talked about this on the previous show a few times, but I haven't talked about finishing yet. So I will give some quick, uh, just broad overview thoughts, which is that it is excellent. It's an incredible show. I loved it. I thought it was great. It really stuck with me. A lot of parts of it have stuck with me in a lot of different ways. I kind of wish it had ended after four seasons because season five is a little disappointing to me in a few different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. It just felt like it was was very, I don't know, preachy and not didn't make a lot of sense. A lot of the characters were doing things that didn't make sense. Yeah, like some of the characters. More like a TV show and less like The Wire. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't, it didn't, a lot of things in that season did not sit well with me, um, including the whole journalism plot which felt very yeah. much like black and white in a way that the rest of the wire isn't like here's yeah. this guy who's just like a shithead plagiarist and that's it that's the end of the story yeah, like nothing story. nuanced about it um, but <laughs> yeah. overall but I, I don't want to fixate on that because season four of this show is incredible and like some mm-hmm. of the characters I mean th- some of these characters will just stick with me forever like Chris and Snoop and Marlo and um, obviously yeah. Stringer Bell and Omar and uh, Avon and all the popular ones but even just like the small ones like Putin mm-hmm. and Bodhi like just yeah. they will just stick with me and, and that is like such a credit to this show and the quality of the acting and the writing that even the most minor characters just like live in your head and just like feel so real in in so many interesting ways 
I've gotten up to season three now, and I'm still doing the thing where I slowly rewatch watching three on my third rewatch. And first off, yes, yeah, season two is maybe the most Shakespearean season. It really feels Shakespearean. Like I loved season two. Yeah, it's very tragic. Fall from grace. Just Sabatka is such a classic tragic figure with his like he's so fixated on he's like they're gonna dredge the his channel yes. and we're gonna get to back to work and it's like dude it's all falling it's apart around you. it's not yeah. gonna happen and then starting season three it it's so cool how they introduce these new characters and i'm like oh my god right like bunny colvin hasn't even been on this show yet and <gasps> cuddy best. like cuddy's whole introduction cuddy's like the best character and and you meet his ex, who is the teacher at the school from season four, mm-hmm. which is like tying everything together in all these cool ways. It's just, mm-hmm. it's it's a really amazing show. Each time I watch it, I like it yeah, more. Yeah, it's very much, yeah, it's just everyone talks about it as literary. That's very true. It very much feels like this big story, this big, like, it does feel like a nonfiction story, except it's fiction, but it feels so real. And that, right. I mean, I think that's part of what rankled me about season five is that it's the only yeah. one that didn't really feel all right. that real. It just felt like, <laughs> like the character of Templeton, the plagiarist, just like felt like mm-hmm. this archetype and you didn't really get a sense of like what he was thinking and I would have actually loved to see more of like like oh, more yeah. sympathetic look towards the mind of a plagiarist and or a fabulist yeah. and why fabulous, he made up yeah. all those stories. Why he did it? Um, yeah, that'd be a lot more interesting. That would be great and also terrifying because that's such a stressful story to watch mm-hmm. as a journalist right. and so like yeah. to, to sort of force yourself into that character's mindset because they do that so well with other villains, yeah. supposedly villainous characters in yeah. The Wire. And like season three introduces this whole Hamsterdam thing which is also right. not real feeling. Like that didn't happen. But, no, like, but it, it feels real within the sense. But it feels but real. But it's believable and you totally, right, you get into Bunny Colvin's head, you watch him come to this realization. Yeah, his weird ethos yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well yeah. also I think part of that is that like the struggles they set up to get the struggles they had to go through to get there made it feel very real because yeah. right. it's not yeah, like it sure. just snapped your fingers and like there was this drug drug like free zone in the middle right, of Baltimore right, right. it was like right. he had to convince the drug dealers that this wasn't mm-hmm. a prank he had to like literally ship the dealers in a van right. when it takes like two episodes for him to even to make the decision to do it. Like, it's a right. long build. It's it doesn't just happen at the thing. very beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I imagine watching the show is frustrating live because so much of it is so interconnected that it's like, it's, it's not the type of show you can watch episode to episode. Like, you have to watch it You all. know, it's funny. I was, I sent you guys this interesting interview with David Simon since so many people are watching this show on quarantine. And one of the things he talked about is how the first, I think it's the first three seasons, they weren't even really on DVD. And it was mm. just aired on HBO. And maybe if you had a TiVo or something, you could watch them like quickly back to back. But mostly it was just aired like a regular show and that was how yeah. people watched so people did watch it and like get it I think it was when it started coming out on DVD and then of course now in streaming uh, on streaming services it's like people are really like oh okay this is it was like a streaming show before that was streaming. the thing it was kind yeah. of the yeah. first one of those yeah. yeah and well and now it's part it's like the pandemic it's like if you if you're, you gotta get around to watching The Wire now's your last yeah, chance you gotta, your time. you've been talking <laughs> yeah. about it for all this time well now you gotta watch The Wire which I have you've Finally. done it you did it and now it is time for Maddie to watch The Sopranos. I will not. Oh. I, will. Yeah, I need to finish Better Call Saul. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are you still watching that? You are still oh, yeah, watching yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, gonna, good. I'm we'll talk it. about that another time. That'll be one of my one more things. Because, um, yeah, season five just ended. I I should, yeah, I'll bring that up as a one more thing also. Or if you do, I will talk about season five because nice. incredible television. But, yeah, The Wire, it just, yeah, it's just really good. Um, I would say that if you're, first of all, you should know if you're getting into it now that it's pretty dark and it's not, like, a pleasant watch, especially because so much of it feels so true and therefore like doesn't is not the type of thing that will make you like go to bed thinking about happy thoughts like it's it's the type of thing that will make you think about injustice and poverty and like just a lot of 
unfortunate systemic situations, injustices, systemic and injustices and yeah. problems, and how Racism. we let how education system in the U.S. lets kids down. It will make um, you not want to be a police officer. <laughs> that's Jeez. right, but yeah. it probably won't make you want to be a drug dealer either. That's true. So. It won't make you want to do any of the professions <laughs> depicted on, on the show. None of the not a journalist either. No. Um, but yeah, great show. I can see why people revere it. I can see why you have been asking me to watch it for so long. Nice. All right. That is the end of this episode. I believe we should say goodbye now. I guess so. I will see you both next week. Goodbye, Kirk and Maddie. (laughs) See you all next week. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edited and mixed the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.